Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. This is an epic Easter weekend for us, three services, and uh, I'm just thoroughly enjoying preaching over Easter, uh, speaking at all three services, and um, there is uh, there's this sort of duality to, to how you uh, prepare for an Easter weekend, because on the one hand, um, it's like the simplest message of the gospel, isn't it? Of, of everything. It's, it's like, um, well, it's Easter. What on earth are you, you know, it's not like you're hunting for a subject to preach on, right? <laughs> so, what shall I preach on? <laughs> uh, at the same time, it's the same subject year after year. And so you want to bring the freshness of what the Spirit of God uh, is ministering into the house. And, and, and know that when the gospel is something that is fresh manna, what Christ did for us is fresh manna. Every, every day there's a freshness to, to understanding the price that he... You know, on Tuesday morning I was in the auditorium. I have the uh, privilege of being able to come in here and pray uh, whenever I... Um, whenever it, the office gets busy. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, it may be that uh, we have an open plan office um, upstairs and um, it may be that Miriam needs me to answer questions that, um, on official things. Um, so I find the need to go and pray instead. <laughs> and uh, so I come down here and, and I just pray in the auditorium and, and just really pray for the church. I pray for all of you and, and really just pray for the power of God to be evident um, in this house, that we may walk in the fullness of his promises. And, and while I was praying on Tuesday morning, I, I, I was suddenly caught up with, a, um, with a, a vision. When I say vision, it's not like it was physically there, but it was within my, my mental capacity that while I was praying, I saw actually on this side, um, I saw bags of gold, um, Huge, beautiful bags of gold, um, like your your classic sort of pirate bag of gold. You know where you you've got a big bag of gold with, tied up with a bow, and and uh, there's a bag of gold, and and uh, and it was just in the it was in the uh, auditorium. It was just where all the seats would be, and and I'm praying, and I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm thanking God, but asking Him because gold represents so many things. It represents his glory, it represents his prosperity, it, it represents the, the fullness of what he has done for us, uh, the purity of God, it, it represents, it has, a, it has many, many meanings through the, the metaphor of gold. And so while I'm praying, I, um, I then went off and had uh, lunch with James and James and I went, went down to the beach um, during his lunch hour to just talk and to pray and, and uh, I was just talking about the gold and we were talking about the meaning of what it could mean. And we were just saying, well, 
You know, it doesn't mean that God is bringing a prosperity, a financial prosperity into the house. But I knew that there was so much more than just the, the essence of finances. That Because um, there was some years ago, back in fact 1999, um, we had a vision that we were praying over the bronze, the silver and the gold. And, and we felt that there was like a spiritual stronghold restraining gold from coming into the house, the, the financial blessings. And so we took authority and we prayed in the spirit and we declared that gold would come into the house. Within, um, within a space of few months, we had this sudden uh, phone call saying, um, due to circumstances that... Um, that uh, a gentleman who had passed away uh, due to circumstances that, that his will couldn't be executed in the way that he originally intended and so that it's been decided that we would get £125,000. And that's what was given to the church after we declared gold. So, so you can understand when I saw gold, I'm thinking, ooh. And, uh, <laughs> but I felt something so much more than just the financial flow of that and, and so while I was praying and, and uh, so James and I were talking about the, the, the gold and, and we agreed together that it's, it was something far more to do with the people and, and, and it, 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 as I got home I began to read um, the, in, in 2 Corinthians and I began to realize that the gold represents how God sees the congregation. Yeah. That the gold bag was sitting in the seats that everybody is sitting in. And as I came round to this side, the, the people who were sitting there, God sees, sees us as bags of gold. And, and, and it's a metaphor for us to understand the value of what he has built within us. That the, the, full, the fullness of what he has paid upon the cross. Of what it builds within our lives. Yeah. There is a, there is a, the gold represents a prosperity of the house. I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about the fullness of who you are. That, that when you are considered to be a bag of gold. You, you bring forth purity. You bring forth glory. You bring forth prosperity. You bring forth breakthrough and opportunity and and uh, so I want you to read this scripture uh, because this um, I as I found myself reading this scripture I was drawn to this um, on this revelation and um, I've, I really believe that God has put something very deep in my spirit for you this morning to to really unlock this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 14 to 17, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, before we get to the new creation, I I want us to understand this, this Easter that there is something that it burdens my heart. It's in, in, within the house of God that we understand the fullness of God's salvation and how much he wants all mankind to be saved. Yes. 
The Bible says here that if one died for all, then all died. If one died for all, then all died. Now you've got to get this. If one died for all, then all died. Not just those who gave their lives to Jesus died. All died. Because what we read is, I died because I gave my life to Jesus. That's what we read. But that's not what the Bible says. And you read that and you're, you're, you're limiting what Christ has done. And you're also diminishing what he achieved upon the cross. So I need you to understand this. When he died... All died. Everyone say all died. All died. All died because he died. Now we've got to get this because if all mankind has died, therefore all mankind, regardless of where their faith is or what they believe in, All mankind, regardless of whether they are murderers or atheists or, or, (laughs) we put those two together, and uh, (laughs) that was not deliberate. Anyone listening to this? (laughs) That was a faux pas right there. Any person of any position in life has died already because Christ died. Now, I need you to understand this because if you want to know the power of salvation, you have to know that when Christ died upon the cross, he broke the power of sin. Now, listen, and I want you to see this, you see, because if we're not so, then not all could be saved. You can't be saved unless you die. And you can't die unless Christ dies for you. We gave our life to Christ because he died. And when he died, he took us to the grave. He died on our behalf. Therefore, we all died. He took our place. Therefore, all have already died. Regardless of whether they believe in Jesus or not, they've already died. Now, I can see that half of you are not really with me. You don't really believe me. But I I want you to see this in 2 Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. Having wiped away the handwriting requirements that was against us. Well, against who? Against, against the special few that gave their lives to Jesus or against everyone? Having wiped away the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over it. How can there possibly be a victory over sin and death if all men cannot be saved? 
If all men haven't already died. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all men with him into the grave. All men have died. Therefore, sin and death has no power because he won the victory over it. Now, you've got to understand this because when Jesus won the victory, what he did is he broke the contract of sin and death with mankind. Now, there's only a contract only exists with the living. You can't have a contract with the dead. There is no contract past the grave. There is no sin past the grave, even those who die in sin are now no longer sinning because there's no contract of sin on them. You with me? There is judgment after that, but there isn't sin. You with me now? You understand that? So because there is now, see, sin and death had a contract with mankind that man was bound to and couldn't break. No man could break it, even though man died, he couldn't break the contract because the contract continued with the living, not the dead. But when Jesus died, he took all men into the grave, that even though we are physically alive, we already have died, therefore sin has no contract on you. And if sin has no contract on you, then it is time for you to awaken and live in Jesus Christ. When we ask someone to give their life to him, we know that they're already dead. It says that all have died, but those who live. See, all have died, but not all have risen to life. And it's time for men to understand that the contract has already been broken. You see, how many of you have had a phone contract for, for more than two years, but you're still paying the bill? You know that you, the contract is over. They have no legal right to keep taking that 35, 45, or if you um, are stupid enough to get a new iPhone X, 80 pounds a month, or a hundred pounds a month, and then you got a contract for two years, and you're paying this hundred pounds a month for two years, and then 23 months go by, and you pay another hundred pounds. But they've got no contract on you. But you keep paying it because you haven't served them notice. So sin keeps claiming the payment, though the contract has been broken. You see, we spend our lives in deceit. See, when Christ came, he gave his life and he broke the power of, of, of sin and death, triumphing over it. There is no victory if sin and death reigns somewhere. He came to redeem all mankind, all mankind, all mankind. Can I, can I get this into you? He came to redeem all mankind. I want you to read something here. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 to 6. I don't want anyone in this house ever believing that God has ordained some to live and some to die. I grew up, it was, uh, George Whitfield called it a doctrine of demons. I know I might upset some people, but 
I need you to understand. I grew up in that place and I watched that doctrine destroy so many people. It withered away people's soul because it took away the joy and the liberty of their salvation. It took away the victory and it created an an ease, a a selfishness and a laziness that determined that they are born again and, and, and others may get born again if it's the will of God. I need you to understand that scripture clearly states that all may be saved because he died for all. He died for all. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 to 6. Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers and intercessions and giving thanks be made for who? Giving thanks be made for all men. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness, all godliness and reverence for this good and accept this. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Our Saviour, who desires, say it with me, all men. men. Who desires all men. All men. He desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for a ransom for all to be testified in due time. He died for all men. He died and all men died. His desire is that all men may be saved. He made it possible when we were in the depths of our darkness, in the in the despair of our wickedness, in the brokenness of our despair, in the, sh- in the darkness of our thinking, when we were isolated and separated, he went to the grave and he took us with him. We didn't know what he had done for us. We had no value or appreciation of the price he paid for us. But in our wickedness, when we were not his friend, when we were not associated with him, he came and gave his life for us that all men may be saved. It is all men may come to the knowledge of the wonder of salvation in Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching like a black church this morning, I'm telling you. We need to get all black. Come on, Chaz, help us out here. Come on. Oh. Sometimes you just got to get a bit more something. Uh, Oh my goodness. Sometimes I just put on TD Jakes just to get something going inside of me. In fact, I do it quite often. (laughs) You say, it says here in 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15, it says, And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. See, Romans chapter 6 speaks this. See, we've got to live. If he died for us, 
If he died for all, then the only life we can live is the life of living for him. Romans 6, 5 and 6 says this, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, for he died, remember, 2 Corinthians, he died for all men. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, That the body of sin may be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now I need you to get this. Because in in, in 2 Corinthians. um, In in 2 Corinthians. When I first read that first scripture in 2 Corinthians 5. Paul says this. He says therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. He's not talking to the just to the church he said we regard no one he doesn't say we do not regard the brethren according to the flesh if he was speaking of the church he would have used the word like brethren or something similar that associated them we regard no one according to the flesh you see the the weakness of our own prejudices that determine to create a them and an us somewhere, yeah. somehow. Yeah. Determine that, well, we've been saved, but they haven't been saved. But you must understand this. God looks at no man according to the flesh now, because he looks at all mankind according to the promise of salvation. Yeah. He sees that his son died for all. Yeah. All men. We regard no one according to the flesh. How can anyone be saved if we regard them according to the flesh? If God regards us according to the flesh, then judgment is already upon us because our flesh is sinful. You cannot be regarded. We cannot regard a person, regardless of the depth of their depravity. We cannot regard their soul and we cannot regard their eternity according to the flesh because God has not spoken those things because he has spoken that all men may be saved. All men may come to life for all men have already died for it is time that all men must know that they having died can come alive in Christ Jesus, can turn their heart toward him and be born again. And it says... In, in, um, in Romans, let me see this, say this again. It says that knowing that this, our old man was crucified with him, that our body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We have to understand that the, the contract that has broken off our lives is no longer holds you into that, that depth of, of captivity. You know what? There is, you see, that addiction that you believe that you cannot break. You see, you have to understand Jesus broke the contract of that addiction upon the cross. And, and he won a victory over it. He won a victory over everything that you ever did. He won the victory over it. And it is the enemy who is desiring to pull the, the, who pull 
blindness over your eyes and, and stop up your ears so that you don't hear the good news that the contract was wiped out 2,000 years ago, that you don't have to be living that life, a sinful life. You don't have to be wrestling with those things because this body that was crucified with Christ has arisen as a new creation. For I am now a new man, no longer bound by the nature that was selfish and wicked, but is now arising in the fullness of what Jesus Christ spoke over us. Colossians chapter 3, I want to apologize to Gabby. I I gave her all the scriptures and then I put loads more in while I was uh, during worship. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Let me read this to you. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. I, I, I want to close with this verse. I, I, I want you to see something. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds. In other words, don't... Don't live your life modelled by the old nature. You see, the flesh has a habit of following patterns. We follow patterns in our life. We we follow habits. We we pattern everything. Everything fits in a pattern. Church is a pattern. We we create patterns. I was speaking about this on on Good Friday. We, We have patterns. It helps us not think about things. And there is a pattern of sin that we live with, a pattern of selfishness, a a pattern. Some people have a pattern of bitterness of tongue or negativity of expression. Mm -hmm. Some people just wrestle with different issues of a pattern. It's a pattern. We we know it of ourselves. Some people wrestle with 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 self judgment. You may be you you may desire of yourself to achieve a certain thing, but you judge yourself so harshly you're only ever doomed to fail, even though you set yourself a vision, a target you can never achieve of your flesh nature and then continue to speak against it. That's a pattern of the old man. Because Christ has taken all your failures. And we're now a new creation, not judged according to our weakness, but measured according to the fullness of what Christ achieved upon the cross. If Christ died for us, and his death is equal to our death, then his resurrection and his body resurrected, that's our body too. If it isn't, then his death wasn't sufficient for us. Are you with me? So his resurrection must be our resurrection, otherwise his death wasn't our death. So when Christ died... He took us with him. So if we arise by faith in him, the resurrection of Christ's new body, Paul says we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh, even Christ Jesus who we knew in the flesh, we no longer even regard Jesus who we knew in the flesh, even though he walked in perfection and not sinful. We don't regard him in that nature. Why? Because we regard him according to his resurrected nature. 
And if we regard him according to his resurrected nature, that is now the pattern of the new man that we have become. Now, I want you to see the end of this. It says in verse 10, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Now, listen. See, knowledge... Knowledge sets forth a pattern that empowers a new lifestyle. Knowledge. It empowers decisions. Cheryl and I chose to start a smoothie diet um, on the Monday after Mothering Sunday. We started doing these um, smoothies. Well, we we decided like a week or so before, but it it took us a week to get the courage to do it. And... uh, so we just started doing these smoothies, right? It's, it's been great. And uh, I've made some absolutely disgusting smoothies. I need you to understand that, that uh, they, they, put, they say put celery. I want you to know celery is vile in a smoothie. I don't care what anybody says. It's like, just don't go there. And, uh, and, and James was recommending garlic. What is he on? It's like, I love garlic. But in a smoothie, no. <laughs> now... What I did was I downloaded information on smoothies that gave me a pattern which enabled me to determine an image of where it was I wanted to be. Hmm. Knowledge. Right? See, I remember as as a young man in the workshop with my father... And my uh, working in the workshop, and I remember working with um, some some veneers and some um, sort of thin uh, beadings that I needed to fix to a cabinet, and I had these panel pins and veneer pins, and I'm and my father's um, uh, hammer that um, is specially designed as a veneer hammer. Uh, designed for panel pins and veneer, him, veneer pins. And I'm, I'm banging them in and the timber is just splitting. Anybody who's ever done this, right? You work with a, you, you, you get a small piece of timber and you get a nail and you, you put it in and the thing just splits every time. Some of you looking, I've no idea what you're talking about. Trust me, it splits when you, and my father's watching me do that. And he just comes across, he says, this is all you need to do. And he, he grabs hold of a pair of plies. He holds, the, he, he, he holds the pin in one hand and he just snips the end of the pin off. So it's no longer sharp, but blunt. And he says, now it'll go in and it won't split it because it's no longer driving the wood apart, but it's forcing a hole through, through the center and it won't split it. So I'm just snipping the end off these pins, bang, 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 end. No, no more problems. So that, and suddenly, see, knowledge empowered me to live and work according to the design that had been set, that I was set to live by, that, to work by. That was, my father had designed this piece of furniture and I had to, I had to build it and, 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 and it was possible to be built, but I was ruining it. But knowledge empowered me to finish the job. And here's this amazing scripture. And has put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge, in knowledge according to. What is the knowledge that we receive? It is the image 
of him. The knowledge is the image of him who created us. Now, I need you to see this. Which him are we talking about? Jesus who walked upon the earth healing? Yeah, but more than that. We have been saved according to the image of the resurrected king. Not the king who walked on the earth healing, but the king who won the victory upon the cross, who made a public spectacle of sin and death triumphing over them. That's the king. That's the image I need you to see. The one who never sinned. The one who won the victory. The one who humiliated all sin and death over all mankind. He humiliated it. He he won the victory over it. There is not a person upon this planet whose sin and death has not been won for them. For he won the victory. He had to have won the victory over all. Otherwise, their sin and death would have a little stronghold and a capability to come back and we would rue the day that he didn't do the job properly. But Jesus Christ did the job fully and completely that all men may walk in the liberty and the freedom of salvation in Jesus Christ. And that is the image and that is the revelation and that is the life that we can live if we can stand up and wake up every morning and go, I am going to live my life according to the image of the pattern of my saviour Jesus Christ now I know that every day to live like that is a challenge it was a challenge for me in the workshop to make furniture that my father would create these these perfection this extraordinary he would make these veneered tables and and the the tops would be like glass and then I would make one and it would look like sandpaper and I would but I was following in the footsteps and I would come again and make it again because my father gave me access to continue working in his workshop. He never said, son, you're useless. Go and get a job somewhere else. (laughs) Because he's my father. He just kept me in there. I was the least capable of all my brothers when it came to making furniture. They were all better than me at it. My brother, one of my other brothers, he was better at me than making and he was better at selling as well. <laughs> but I was still his boss, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you see, it doesn't matter how you fail because the victory's already been won. Yeah. matters how you image your life. Some of you are struggling. You've believed for healing. You've believed for miracles. And in the believing, you felt like I'm being healed, I'm being healed. And then, and then in the process, you found that it was taking longer and you began to wonder whether you were just making it up in your own head. Are you with me here? Yeah. Who understands that? You begin to think, am I making this up? Am I really being healed? But what that is, is that's building an image according to your failure and not according to his resurrection. 
The knowledge that leads us to into our liberty is seeing forth Jesus Christ and all that he achieved for every single one of us. The completeness of the victory that's in Jesus Christ. The completeness of the victory. He is the image. We are made whole according to the image, the knowledge of the image, the revelation. This is who I am supposed to be. I'm not very good at doing what he does, but I know that if I keep walking with him, I'm going to learn how to walk in the fullness. I'm going to discover absolute wonder of his complete salvation. I will find my healing. I will find my deliverance. I will walk in my joy. My mind will not be darkened by the image of my old nature, will be liberated by the thoughts of Jesus Christ who purifies my mind and gives me a fresh vision and thought for the future. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.